Hello, and welcome to the R Podcast. It's been a little while since we last spoke, hasn't it? Well, my name is Eric Nance, and this, if this is the first time you're tuning in, thank you so much for finding us. And if you're coming back, well, thank you very much for sticking this into your podcast feeds and leaving it there all this time. Well, as I alluded to in that little teaser that I sent out uh, recently, I am just super excited to bring back what has been one of my favorite projects ever to do in the open source community. And frankly, this podcast is the way I got started with the R community. And boy, have I ever benefited from it since. So as we get into the episode, I would like to at least cover a little bit of what I've been up to since the last time you heard my voice on here. So a lot has happened. That's an understatement. But I will say that I was able to kind of venture into some new territory in various efforts, um, one of which is actually being a part more directly with a very fun project, again, very community-focused, called R Weekly. I had been a curator for that for quite a, almost like two years or so, definitely um, since the layoff we've had here. And then... I kind of had an idea as I was, you know, progressing in the curation and getting to know the team better. I wanted to do my part to actually help spread the word of R Weekly in a slightly different and creative way. And that's where I thought, you know what? Maybe it's time to get back in the swing of things of audio content. And that's when I launched a what started as an experiment and ended up turning quite fun the Our Weekly Highlights podcast. And that's where, at the beginning, it was just me going over each of the highlighted stories that we would have in each issue. And then later on, I was joined by a very awesome co-host, and I consider a good friend now, Mike Thomas. And we had a load of fun recording those episodes together. He and I are both very passionate about the art community. And unfortunately, the R Weekly project itself is in a bit of a standstill with regard to a few factors, which if you want to hear more details about that, um, you can tune in to episode 70, which I'll have linked in the show notes if you're interested. But uh, in addition to my um, adventures of R Weekly, I also, since kind of the pandemic began, started looking at other ways of delivering content. And I was slowly getting involved with um, some of my good friends, especially in the Linux community, that were actually streaming some of their development live for the world to watch um, on Twitch. And at first I was having you know great entertainment watching that. And then I started to see some members of the R community do that same thing. Again, I was having a lot of fun watching this. But then I thought, you know what? I have a knack for, you know, doing media in the past. Maybe I could give this a shot, see what happens. And that's when I went on this journey of um, enhancing my tech setup here and kind of living the slogan of learning out loud. And hence, I launched my own Twitch channel, which if you had told me a few years ago I was ever going to do this, I would have laughed right in your face. But it ends up being one of the better things I've ever done. Because on top of kind of having a new adventure to challenge myself a bit, it also connected me with even more um, very engaging, fun, and, and welcoming members of the R community 
and the Linux community for that matter. And I've established some really great friendships out of that. And it's just been a lot of fun to share my personal journeys with, you know, maybe making new projects. It certainly has been focused on Shiny for the most part, but I also do some general art content and also been trying to help out with uh, guiding others that are wanting to go into that kind of video content creation journey, whether on stream or not. And there's been a lot of fun collaborations that have spun up because of that. As I was getting, you know, into year 2022 and I started to look back and I started looking back at some of my uh, previous content and I then realized that I was coming up on 10 years since I put this microphone in front of me and started recording episodes for this podcast. Well, I think it was just, you know, with a little nostalgia in mind and some great learnings I've had in those other endeavors that I just mentioned, I thought it was time to bring this back. This has been, ironically, the source of my online nicknames for the most part, and it's been sleeping for this long. And plus, as I mentioned, I've been getting more connections with the community, learning a whole lot of new ideas that I think deserve a lot of maybe attention or at least spreading awareness so that all of you can benefit from that. And, you know, this is, this is fun. This is still really fun. And the other key thing is making sure this is as easy as possible for me to do. I think in the past, I tried to make this too perfect. Now, in thanks to some experiences I had, like I said, with our weekly and my uh, shiny dev series adventures, I've got a better handle of how to fit this in both from a technical standpoint and to be honest, from a lot like a personal, you know, work life balance standpoint, um, I still have a day job. It's still quite demanding, but, um, certainly trying my best to keep a balanced perspective and I can't guarantee everything will be smooth, but I have lots of ideas, as I said, and I'm getting some community members kind of lined up for interviews on the show, just like we're about to play for you now. So with that, um, I won't introduce this too much because we'll get into it in the, in the interview itself, but what I'm really excited to kind of relaunch the podcast with is a very nice focus on bringing diversity of, you know, perspectives, people, and many other factors into the R project itself. And I'm not just talking about, say, making new packages. We're going deeper than that. And I couldn't be more excited to share this story with you from the sources themselves. And so without further ado, let's hear my conversation about the new collaboration campfires with Heather Turner and Serenjeet Kaur. And welcome back, everybody. And with the relaunch of the R podcast, one of the central themes that I've had since day one is connecting with the brilliant and vast community around R. And speaking of community and collaboration, I'm really excited to talk with some very prominent members of the R community about a very promising new initiative for how you can get involved with not only the R community, but with the development of R itself. So it is my pleasure to welcome to the R podcast, Heather Turner and Sarah Jane Kaur. 
Heather and Serenjeet, welcome to the Art Podcast. How are y'all doing today? Great, thanks. Thanks for having us. Doing Ex good. Thanks for having us. Excellent. Well, yeah, thank you both for joining. And I know we have a we have a worldwide uh, time zone difference here, and and obviously schedules can be challenging. So I'm glad we're able to sit down today. But um, maybe for our audience who may not be familiar with with both of you, maybe each of you could give a brief introduction of yourselves, starting with you, Heather. Thanks. Okay. Hi, everyone. Um, yeah, I'm Heather Turner. I'm a research software engineer at uh, Warwick University. I'm based in the statistics department. Um, and I've been an R user for many years. Um, many people might have come across me on uh, in various uh, yeah, R community settings, like, like the Use R conference or on the Slack channels. And I was a bit of a latecomer to, to Twitter, but I'm, I'm there as well. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, um, and, uh, well, I guess I won't give too much background on, on how I came to get involved in this. Uh, maybe I'll pass on to, on to Sarenjeet to say something about herself. Thanks, Heather. Uh, hi, everyone. My name is Sarenjeet Kaurbogal. I'm a statistician based in India, uh, and I recently started getting involved with many various R communities, which is where I got in touch with Heather and uh, I started uh, the work with Heather on the RDEV guide, which led us to these collaboration campfires, which we'll be discussing today. Well, that's that's exciting. And I was even joking in our pre-show that our main topic to talk about, I sure wish I'd been around when I got started with R, which seems like a lifetime ago. In fact, <laughs> I was joking with some people online um, the other day that, I think there was a, a member I've been interacting with that's been in the R community for about 17 months. And I said, 17 months? Wow, I've been an R user for 17 years. <laughs> it's changed a lot since then. But certainly the community aspect and getting involved has, the ways to get involved have been grown exponentially. But what we're here to, to talk about today is this new initiative that you just referenced, Serenjeet, called Collaborative Campfires. So I'd love to hear what were the what's the origin story behind collaborative campfires. Okay, so this this is this goes back to uh, the R contribution working group, which Heather Turner started with uh, various uh, prominent members from the R community, where we used to help. Uh, there used to be there are still monthly meetings going on, where we discuss how the R uh, project developed. Uh, what what are the various uh, places where we can participate and take it further. So um, I got in touch with Heather uh, on the R Forwards Twitter channel. And uh, that is where we started talking about writing the R Dev Guide. This was after Use R 2020. And uh, we both... Uh, drafted a proposal for writing such a guide uh, heather took the proposal to the r uh, the r project the main board and they kindly uh, agreed to fund me for writing this guide and i started writing this guide with under the mentorship of heather turner and michael lawrence uh, after this guide, the first draft of this guide was completed. Um, we both decided to work on the community aspect of this guide and 
we like applied to the digital infrastructure incubator by code for science and society and luckily got selected into it and so the collaboration campfires that we are planning are a part of the incubator uh, i would request heather to uh, share a bit more about it yeah or maybe just to go back a little bit um just mm-hmm. to give a bit a bit more of the backgrounds about uh, the contribution working group uh, so as Saranjeet mentioned, this sort of kicked off after USAR 2020, um, kind of motivated by uh, a panel session there with our core. And of course, they talked about many different aspects. But um, what, one thing that uh, one issue that was raised sort of in the panel and in the discussion afterwards, despite uh, a sort of... Um, you know, more in, more inclusive community that's that's built up around our um, still the sort of the, the core team and the contributors. Uh, that that community isn't as as diverse as it could be, or as representative re- representative of as the wider our community. Um, and so that sort of led to this this group, this working group being formed to think how can we how can we tackle this? Um, and so. The, the development guide project that, that Saranjeet mentioned uh, was one of the first sort of initiatives. There obviously is some documentation around our development, but it's not necessarily the easiest to, to get into. Um, and so that was the motivation to sort of write a more user-friendly guide to, you know, uh, the process of our development and, and how people might contribute. Uh, another thing that came out of that, not directly talking about it today but for example we had some more contributor focused uh, tutorials that use our last year which um, was one of the first times that that's happened so this is the kind of background you know that we're sort of tackling this for, from different angles so we had this this guide but of course not many people knew about it and so we wanted to find a way that we could promote it and use it and you know let us know if there was <laughs> I mean we know there are some things that, that are still missing and there's still work to do on it so it'd be good to get some some input into that as well yeah so that's the idea of this uh, uh, digital infrastructure incubator which is funded by the code for uh, science and society we came up with the idea of these uh, collaboration campfires which we hope will be sort of more um, uh, informal introductions to the art development process um, compared to uh, a sort of typical tutorial, a little bit more exploratory, interactive um, for people that are just sort of curious and, and wondering how it all works and how how they might contribute. Yeah, I'll, I'll say I'm definitely fascinated by everything in in this uh, journey that you both have been on. And I have, yeah, I have a few things I'd like to kind of parse into. Um, I actually got wind of the R development guide I want to say a few months ago as part of my efforts of our weekly, I remember we had um, a highlight about it and I thought it was a welcome addition to kind of today's landscape of it. You know, a lot of times in the art community, you hear about the vast community of packages, which of course is one of the selling strengths of R itself is the fact that you, me, anyone in the community with the, with the know-how and the, and the initiative, can contribute a package and have it released as open source. I mm-hmm. think that's terrific. But I always felt there was something lacking in terms of, well, what about getting involved with the base R installation itself? And so 
I'm just fascinated, given my previous experience when I first learned R. I mean, I would read the official manuals, or I should say skim through them. Um, they were a bit intimidating at first about how, how to approach the innards of how R works. So I'm very curious, um, what was the process like to even get the R development guide started trying to synthesize all these existing materials that, you know, are quite comprehensive, but yet might be not as approachable to somebody that's maybe new to data science and just getting started with R, but they have that curiosity of kind of knowing more about what's going on with the development of R itself. So I'd love to hear how the R development guide, like how that, how that was actually developed, if you will. Uh, we we took reference of the Python development guide, uh, which is available, and then uh, most of the manuals uh, from the R project, which Heather and Michael uh, used to share with me, and then we used to discuss uh, what parts uh, we would like to include. Um, so the initial the the first draft of the R dev guide is very much uh, similar to the Python dev guide, at least in the structure. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I'd already forgotten that. That's sort of how we started. Um, yeah, using that that sort of chapter outline from the Python developer guide as a as a starting point, and and then obviously thinking, well, you know, how is R different? What what do we need to add or take away? Um, so that 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 sort of gave us uh, a roadmap, uh, some some gaps to fill in um, that that we we thought we could work on, you know, in the time scale of, of the projects, which which wasn't super long. Um, was it sort of 10 or 12 weeks, Saranjit? Right, right. So it was yeah. a three-month, less than a three-month project. Yeah, so obviously we had to sort of be realistic about what, what could be done. And um, and we sort of focused on areas where there was sort of reasonable documentation already because, I mean, some areas are perhaps uh, still a bit mysterious to us. So, um, you know, we tried to focus on uh, things where we could pick up bits of existing uh, documentation, but sort of uh, synthesize them and then bring them in a hopefully more more useful form. Yeah, so I guess that's that's sort of how we worked. And and then, yeah, sort of obviously relied on a bit of input for, from Michael to, to, help, to help fill in some of the gaps. Yeah, that's great. And that's obviously just one piece of this overall story that we're talking about today. Um, and the other point that you touched on earlier is the importance of of diversity in in the R um, community itself, but also just among the development among R itself. Um, so certainly, I'm I'm seeing that collaborative campfires is a important step in this right direction. Um, so I guess as as the uh, collaborative campfires get launched, by the time you're listening to this. Um, what are the efforts that you all are making on top of what we're talking about just here today that promote this exciting effort to reach out to maybe pockets of the R community that may not be as well tuned into what's happening here and making sure that around the world, around the different regions that people can get involved with this? Yeah, this is obviously um, something that we're, we're trying to take some care over because this is this is. Uh, yeah, the whole point in a way to try and reach uh, a new community uh, that perhaps haven't thought of themselves as potential co- contributors. Um, so uh, for a while now, may- maybe about a year, we have had a, a Slack group um, 
yeah to to sort of provide a place where people can can talk about uh, our developments um and uh so it hasn't been super active i have to admit but it has uh, attracted a, a number of people to who have joined up uh, to see what it's all about um so that's one group of people that that we can we can reach to talk about this and um we also uh, started our, our Twitter account. I think we only really started using that big beginning of this year, but um, we we're pleased to see that there was a, a good response from the R community picking it up and, and helping to to share the news about about our group and about what we're doing. And then we are reaching out to the the various <laughs> forums and, and things. I, I think we've got a list of about uh, twenty different R. Uh, Slack communities, um, and then there's uh, the Discord, and uh, yeah, different uh, Twitter accounts that uh, um, we can post on behalf of, or we or we know somebody that can post uh, on those channels. So I think uh, yeah, we're 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 starting to reach out. We sort of uh, and we, we've sort of also got some sort of uh, more personal contacts through the our contribution working group and people we know, people that came to the. Uh, contributor tutorials at USAR that I mentioned um, took took place at, at, at USAR last year. So we, yeah, there's quite a we're, tr- we're trying to sort of yeah reach out in the different ways we can think of. Yeah, like like one f- funny thing was um, looking at, at who got involved in Advent of Code among the R ladies. We had an R ladies uh, Advent of Code leaderboard, so we reached out to um, some of the people there that because we thought well you know they're obviously interested to to spend their <laughs> their free time uh, playing with R and and maybe they'd be interested in in finding out how they might be able to contribute so um yeah we're, we're trying to reach out in different ways and uh, if you have any ideas for us uh, happy to to consider those as as other ways to to reach out to to new people yeah well certainly my hope is that listening to this episode is, is a step in that and that we'll be able to broadcast this message out around the world for sure. And and as we were talking about in the pre-show, um, if you're listening to this, you can find all the links that Heather and Serenjeet are talking about in terms of the contributing guide, the development guide, and everything like that in the episode show notes. So we'll have links to everything for getting involved. And that kind of leads me to something I wanted to talk about next is that as I think about, you know, getting involved with R itself, I will admit, even in my early days and somewhat even now, that when I think about, okay, I see this thing in base R that maybe needs a little bit tweaking for various reasons, it just seems really intimidating to think about what would I actually do to fix that. So I'm kind of curious, um, as you as people are interested in joining this effort, do you all have kind of a set of core expectations or skill set that contributors should be coming in with? Or is it the goal to kind of along the way bring kind of bring their skills up to feel more comfortable with contributing to R itself? To what Heather was uh, sharing about the campfire, I also wanted to add that uh, we had a warm up session in the month of January. And uh, based on the feedback and also according to our, what we were planning, we want to keep these sessions uh, really informal. So the only uh, skill sets that uh, a person should come with is they should be familiar with R, R Studio, uh, 
like uh, we will be sharing the our dev guide and the sessions will be really uh, easy to like we are planning them to be really easy to catch up with um, so we we are not expecting any advanced uh, skill sets in handling or contributing to the r course so the campfires would be really beginner friendly hida would you like to share the plan for the campfires at least the tentative one that we have yeah we we didn't we haven't actually said what we're thinking of doing in in this uh, initial series um of events um and it, indeed as, as Saranjit was saying you know we're we're trying to keep it you know sort of a low barrier to entry um so yeah if if you can if you know how to write a function in r then i think you're good to go um so the the two things that we're focusing on are, are two ways that we think um a good ways into uh contributing to r um so the first is um helping with bug handling um and the second is contributing to localization the translation of errors warnings and messages and so on um so obviously you can have simple bugs you know like a, a typo in the documentation or you can have you know really tricky bugs that are very hard to debug and come down to some quite difficult to to pin down issue in in the low level c code or something um so there's obviously a big range there um but you know the the print, the sort of process of um helping to uh review a bug or to confirm a bug um those sort of processes are the same uh for most people you know unless they're, they're very sort of integrated and directly collaborating with our core um so so we can focus on those principles and, and try and pick um some some bugs to look at you know that are hopefully quite accessible you know not not requiring um particularly deep statistical knowledge or or programming knowledge uh, we're not going to expect that that people know how to program in c for example of course if people do have those skills and they, they could be used in the r project uh, we don't want to hold people back um but you know we're we're trying to give make these uh, sessions accessible um and and show people that that you can contribute at, um at the level that you're at with the skills that you have yeah that's terrific and it kind of made me think as you were talking through that um one thing in terms of going back to like package contributions for a minute um we've seen a lot in the r community a lot of package authors in the r community put their package code on github for example or any git like you know repository online and then through that repository's issue tracker or you know you know bug tracker or whatever you want to call it they would have these specific labels and some are starting to put labels of say good first contribution or good first issue something to ease their way into development or contributing to that said package so i'm it sounds like you're trying to do a similar thing with you know assembling kind of a list of possible ways to contribute that like you said don't necessarily require a huge expertise in say a low level language like c or or even fortran of all things but something to kind of get somebody familiar with the way r is structured behind the scenes and kind of these more tangible ways to contribute for somebody that's still getting new to this. Is that fair to say or are there other efforts to make that easier? 
No, that that sounds exactly right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you've got it. <laughs> yeah, that was something that, you know, I admit it's been years since I would look at the official, you know, issue list of R itself. I think they use a they they don't use GitHub, of course, they use um, a different system for that. Um, but I, I would peruse it from time to time. And admittedly, it, at that time, it wasn't easy to really parse through things that I could sink my my skill set into. But again, it's been years, but I think going to it now, obviously I'm going to recommend to everybody that they, they start with with this uh, this collaborative campfire in the R Dev Guide because I I think when you look at some of these things at first glance, if you're new to R itself, as I said earlier, it can look really intimidating and it can look like something that was built many years ago, which a lot of that was. And well, obviously R itself has kept going and that's why we're here. We're, we're passionate about R and data science and, and the community around it. But I'm just excited to see that in today's avenues for learning coding, learning how to contribute and connecting with others with that liked interest, that this is now taking some of those principles that we've been seeing really take off like um, like interactive meetups, interactive you know mentoring sessions, feeling welcome in this, not feeling like there's such a thing as a you know a silly question about this. You are really trying to promote that same atmosphere we've been seeing in other pockets of the community into the development of R itself. So again, I'm it's things you all been saying earlier already, but I think this if you're ever on the fence, those of you listening about getting involved with R itself, this is the time to do it. Um, not that it wasn't time earlier, but I think what you all are setting up here, it's hopefully an important step in the journey of maybe the next generation of members who may become on the R members of the R core team, you know, down the road, who knows, but this could be that building block to that journey. Yeah. And I hope so. I mean, uh, you know, I think it, it is going to be a journey. You know, this this is uh, the first the first steps. Um, <laughs> so I hope you're not talking us up too much in a way, but uh, yeah, that is what we're hoping um, that it will become, uh, you know, a, 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 an easier place uh, to to um, to get into and and to contribute to and you know to work out where you fit. Um, you know, I think. Uh, I think that that's a lot of the difficulty at the moment is it's not obvious where to start. Um, and uh, we're, we're hoping to make that easier and, and to build a community around that, you know, so we hope that people come to events like these, um, you know, will sort of create a, a community of peers that they can help each other. Um, because obviously there's there's been a bit of a bottleneck um, uh, and in some ways, it's <laughs> it's only got smaller in recent years with, uh, you know, the people that contribute, uh, having to spend more time contributing and, you know, they don't have time to, to mentor or bring on new people. Yeah, so there's a bit of a, a disconnect between the, the people with the knowledge and, and the people that perhaps would like to know and uh, would like to um, contribute. Uh, so we're hoping, yeah, to, to create that, that pathway for people. and. Um, uh, hopefully build on this uh, with sort of further uh, contributor-focused events. Um, we're, we're already thinking of having a, an event at this year's USAR that where people will be able to uh, 
more actively contribute on, on bugs. So with, with these campfires, it will be a bit sort of exploratory and, and sort of testing the waters. But but hopefully um, at, at this, uh, what we're calling a, a bug barbecue. It's, um, <laughs> I love <laughs> it. Uh, I can't take credit for the name. Um, I think it might have been uh, Gabriel Becker that, that came up with that name. Um, yeah, so uh, the idea is that we'll... we'll get together across the world and you know sort of have a concerted effort to uh squash some bugs and uh um yeah see if we can can help by sort of confirming them um which is often the first step you know just checking that something really is a bug and you can reproduce it on on different operating systems for example um so yeah it's sort of part of um th- this wider this wider push uh, or initiative to help help people get involved. Well, I'm I'm so excited to see this come to fruition, as I've said earlier. Um, and I guess as we think about the the short term next steps, um, as we're kind of wrapping up here, um, I always like to give my guests on the show a chance to give, say, a call to action or recommendations for our audience to learn more. So we've we talked about a lot already. But do you have any last um, comments or, or suggestions for our listeners who are excited, just like me, to dive into this? Where should they go to get started? And what are the best ways that they can get involved? Uh, the best way would be to join us at the campfire. Uh, the very first event happens uh, next Tuesday, 22nd February. Um, we will be sharing the links where you could jo- register for the event. Um and also there is a web page where you can get more details about the campfires. Uh, post the campfire, um, the February session, you can uh, join the Devil Slack. The link uh, will be sharing soon. We hope that you, you all are interested in joining all the four campfire sessions that happen from February to the month of May. Uh, you also get a chance to learn and provide us good feedback on how we could uh, continue with this work or how we could improve this work. Yeah, I think those are the things that we want uh, people to to focus on right now if they're, they're interested. Um, I, I should say that um, although we're, we're obviously focused on uh, on beginners with, with these workshops, we're obviously very happy if, if people are more experienced and would be, would be willing to help uh, newcomers get started. Um, they can also join the campfires or they can um, come and join us at the Our Contribution Working Group. Um, as Saranjeet was saying, we, we meet once a month, uh, more or less, and uh, discuss initiatives like these and this and other things uh, we've got going on. Uh, I guess one thing I should also say is um, these campfires that we're planning, uh, they will only be <laughs> at one point of the day, uh, which isn't going to be... Uh, yeah, any good perhaps for 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 some people, um, uh, depending where you live in the world. And if if the time that we've picked uh, isn't isn't good for you, but you'd be interested, uh, we'd be happy to hear about that so we can think about uh, whether we could repeat the events uh, later in the year or something like that. Um, it'd be good to know what sort of interest there is out there. Do get in, in touch with us on, on Twitter or on the RDL Slack. Um, we'd be happy to hear from you. Okay, well, I have thoroughly enjoyed um, diving deep into, like I said, this exciting initiative to bring diversity and bring different perspectives 
to the development of R itself and and the exciting future ahead of us. And yeah, you might call me an eternal optimist, but I think this has this could be the seeds that plant our next generation of contributors to R. I'm super excited for that. And I hope R continues for a very long time. It's literally my hobby as far as a direct influence to my job. So anything that can keep the future going is is certainly a win in my book. Um, so Heather and Saranjeet, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. This has been an awesome way to kick off my next generation, if you will, of, of the R podcast. And what better way than the share how others can get involved with the development of R itself and network around in a welcoming uh, environment going forward. So yes, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having us. It's been great. Yeah, glad to be here. Thank you. Excellent. All right, everybody, we'll be back right after this. Oh, I hope you enjoy that conversation with Heather and Serenjeet as much as I did. And I just cannot underscore enough how important I think this is, especially with today's, you know, landscape of open source and this wealth of new perspectives coming in to data science, coming into the R community itself to bring those and making it as easy as possible for those with the ambition, the enthusiasm, and, you know, just like I said, that motivation to make a big impact, no matter which part of the project it is, but giving them a nice on-ramp, so to speak, to get involved with the R project itself. Um, Certainly, I wouldn't be here if not for R, and I want that to keep going, but I think this is another way of sustaining, you know, the further development in R itself and hopefully to even greater things, so to speak. So as, as we discuss, we'll have links to everything that Heather and Serenjeet uh, reference in the show notes and how you can get involved, how you can join the collaborative campfires and getting access to that R development guide, which again, when I saw that come through in one of my R weekly uh, curations, um, it just couldn't come at a better time. I'm really enjoying reading that. And even for the so-called gray beards like me um, that have been using R for quite a bit, um, I learned a whole lot from it. And it was in a very um, practical and easy to access um, mindset and tone and credit to Serenjeet for really taking such a diligent effort to making that happen. Um, Certainly very excited for this. So once again, we'll have the links to how you can get involved in the show notes. All right, that's going to put a wrap on episode 34. And if you are new to the show and you want to keep up to date, well, this podcast, thankfully, is still available on all the major podcasting feeds. So you can find it in Apple Podcasts. Um, I think I just recently got it on Google Podcasts. Um, we're on Pocket Casts, uh, many others. So you, you'll find it. And there's even a handy subscribe button on the website itself at r-podcast.org. So quickly see all those different subscription options. And I always welcome your feedback. That has been an integral part of the show in the past, and there's no way that's changing anytime soon. So you can find details of how to get in, in touch with me at r-podcast.org slash contact. I have a handy little contact form right there or other ways that you can get in touch. All right. Thank you so much for listening. 
And again, for those that have stuck with me all this time, very much appreciated. I'm really hoping the, the next time between episodes won't be nearly as long. We're going to keep this going somehow. So until next time. End of line. <laughs>